Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Happy New Year indeed. And probably a good time to focus more on the future than the past. An 8-1 loss for the Hawks to the Dallas Stars. They get swept in Dallas. They do pick up a point Friday night, but a much different performance here tonight on New Year's Eve. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10.30 for the final moments of the calendar year. But before we do that, let's quickly head on back to the American Airlines Center. Bring in our pal John Weideman as he and I were picking up some extra duties tonight, but always a fun and pleasurable time hanging out with John on the airwaves as our buddy Troy was over on the TV side of things. And John, I, I really don't know what to break down too much from this game, so I'll, I'll start with you got any New Year's resolutions for us? Oh, wow. New Year's resolutions. I haven't, give, I haven't given that much thought except to just try and improve on myself, make myself into a better person, and uh, spend more time with my children if that's possible. So I, I guess that's it right I th- there. I thought you were going to say work on your math a little bit. Uh, well, that's that's kind of a given. I mean, <laughs> anytime I can run into a, a math tutor or something, hey, can you help me with this? <laughs> No, I, I hear you. You're not in the minority with that. Uh, John, I know you got to run, but I, I guess the main takeaway is the lone goal. Um, obviously, a ton of things for the Hawks to work on after this one. But but I do think when you get Connor Bedard coming down the far end of the ice and Scott Wedgwood putting all his attention on number 98 and not on Philip Kurashev, who's over on the side, that, that goes to show you that this 18-year-old is gaining a lot of respect in this league already. There is no question about that, Joe. And the longer we watch Connor Bedard, the more we see dimensions of his game. I mean, everybody knows he can shoot the puck. Everybody knows he can set up teammates. But he's a clever little guy, and he works tirelessly at his game. You know, you and I have both seen this. We go to a Blackhawks practice. One of the first guys on the ice, if not the first guy, is Connor Bedard. Yeah. And usually he's one of the last guys, if not the last guy, to leave the ice because he's constantly working on something. And uh, that's a really great sign. I mean, for a young player like that who could be awed by everything going on in the National Hockey League, the great city of Chicago, think of the distractions for an 18-year-old coming to a city like that to be a professional athlete and, and everything that could happen to him. Well, he's a very focused young man. And really, it's to the Blackhawks' benefit and to the Blackhawks' fans' benefit that he is that way. And he really is a true building block for this team to build a championship team around. I have a, I have a good feeling about the future involving Connor Bedard. And he's definitely done and said all the right things from day one. It's, it's pretty remarkable how mature he is for an 18-year-old. John, I, I know you said not too many uh, New Year's resolutions, but you got any... Uh uh, rituals, anything you do on, at the stroke of midnight? I, I know you'll be in the air probably, but are, are you eating herring or anything to oh. to get yourself some good luck for the following year? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have a meal on the plane. Uh, and if we do happen to land in Nashville before midnight, I'm going to, uh, if I can, I'm going to phone my wife, tell her I love her. And if I can talk to my kids, I'll tell them the same thing. Tell them, okay, stay at home. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> just, you know. Do that. Let all the crazies just have the have whatever whatever area of the cities they're going to have, and just stay out of it and live to talk or live to talk about it anyway. Live to 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 uh, celebrate another day. Let's just say. Okay. All right, yeah. John. Well, pleasure working with you as always. And Likewise, Joe. 
Uh, safe travels, and we'll talk to you in a couple of nights. You got it. Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year. work. Thank you. Likewise. Happy New yep. Year, John. That is John Wideman. He had the call tonight down at the American Airlines Center. Our buddy Troy Murray was over on the TV side of things. And uh, rough loss for the Hawks tonight. 8-1 the final from Dallas. Not sure how we can break down this one, but we gotta. Again, postgame show rolls on until 10.30. Our buddy John Hansen, you know him from the United Center, you know him here from uh, WGN Radio as well, shot me a text. Is this going to be the hardest postgame show for you you to do? And I said, well, tune in and find out. I, I'm really not quite sure. We've had a couple of, um, I don't know, rough games, if you will, uh, this year already where we've had to digress on the post-game show, and ironically, the loss against the St. Louis Blues that was probably the most heartbreaking was the longest post-game show of the year, Uh, but these types of games are just frustrating because you saw the Hawks take a step forward in the last game against Dallas, and and that came after an impressive win against the Winnipeg Jets. Both games where the Hawks didn't play a full 60 minutes, but you like to see those trends, you like to see those things moving in the right direction, and you thought tonight could be the same type of situation, but the Hawks really didn't get off to a good start. They uh, gave a power play to Dallas early on, and the Stars were able to just kind of pick up momentum quite quickly, pick up their first goal of the game quite quickly as well. It was originally given to Sam Steele. Later on, it went to Craig Smith, and then before you know it, it's a 3 nothing lead for the Dallas Stars in the first period, and you figure, okay, we, we understand what this night's going to be like because it does take a lot for this Hawks team to, to fight back, and especially down by a handful of goals. I, I know they were able to do it Friday night, being down by two goals against the Dallas Stars after coughing up a two-goal lead, but but still, there there has been glimpses of this team putting together that full 60-minute effort that we saw a lot last year, and unfortunately, we're kind of talking about the same struggles the same setbacks in tonight's game. Uh, again, the good news is you turn the page, you move into the next game, and and it, it is just important to keep in mind that this is the second year of a rebuild. I, I, I don't bring that up. I don't mention that to sugarcoat things. It's just kind of the reality that it is. And I was thinking about this earlier on in this game. If the Blackhawks season was going... If you took last year and this year and you swapped them in terms of how the Blackhawks season was going, I know the wins and losses are probably pretty even, but think about it. We were a lot more encouraged with the team's performances night in and night out last year. That hasn't been the case this year. So if you swap those, I think the mindset is totally different because you go into the rebuild last year understanding it's a rebuild, understanding the roster is not really made to go on a Stanley Cup run. Yet, there were a ton of positives to pull from. There was a lot of exciting things that we were seeing. There was just good, hard-playing hockey almost night in and night out. This year, there's a lot more inconsistencies, but you're seeing a lot of good things from the young players in Bedard, in Isaac Phillips. Uh, I think Alex Vlasic had another great night. I, I do think this was a positive step forward for Lucas Reichel. I don't think this was like a monumental game-changing game for him, but I think back-to-back games now, you're seeing good things from him, and I, I think that's encouraging to see. He's now played... 15 minutes or more over his last two games. Remember, Luke Richardson was being very decisive about his time on the ice and holding him accountable to things he wasn't seeing from Lucas Reichel. So back-to-back games, he's he's played a lot more. 
Reichel finished as a minus one today. When you lose 8-1, you're not going to see very many pluses. Uh, Jason Dickinson with another good game. He finished even uh, with 18 minutes and 17 seconds on the ice. But this 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 really isn't a game to, to go down the roster and, and point out who had a good game because more than anything, everyone had had a little bit of a rough game. But to point out Alex Vlasic again, again, led the team 22 minutes, 11 seconds out on the ice. That's a 22-year-old. That's that's basically a rookie leading the game in time on ice. Again, big reason of that, Seth Jones not being available. Uh, Vlasic finished with six shot attempts tonight. Four of them were blocked. He had a couple of takeaways, a couple of blocked shots. Connor Bedard a minus three, but again, it's it's the assist to Philip Kurishev that I think shows you where he's starting to fit in this league. Because Scott Wedgwood, who has been just phenomenal in the month of December for the Dallas Stars and being exactly who they need to replace Jake Ottinger right now, putting all of his faith that Connor Bedard is going to shoot that puck. And again, I know it's a power play opportunity. I know the Hawks are coming down with numbers. They should score in that situation, right? But the fact that Bedard's got the puck and Wedgwood is just putting all of his attention on Connor Bedard, and Bedard has the wherewithal to realize that Kurashev's right there, he's wide open, he kind of nonchalantly sends the puck over his way, and uh, Kurashev takes advantage of it immediately, and one goal. Yes, that's what we have to pull from this game. But but I liked what I saw there, and I, I was encouraged to see Bedard getting that respect in the NHL. I, I think that's only going to improve as this year and his career goes along. And uh, also good to see Philip Kershev aware in that situation. Uh, from the 312 area code, and this is when I give out the phone number, 312-981-7200. You can call, you could text. Uh, this is from Nancy. These lopsided games are hard to watch. Our goalies are under siege. Davidson better have some tricks up his sleeve to get some help. Here's to better results in 2024. Yeah, not a great game for Peter Morazic, but also I, I really can't put all the blame on him. This was a bad game defensively for the Hawks. There was definitely just kind of a, a, a lack of hustle in that first period. Again, the Hawks outshot 17-5. to I thought the Ryan Suter goal was... Just a huge implication of what was going wrong for the Hawks, what was going well for Dallas. Uh, he just comes in as the trailing forward, or, or comes in as, as the trailing guy into the Hawks zone, and is just wide open in, in the high slot, and they're easily able to feed, obviously, the defender of Ryan Suter, and uh, he just snaps it past Peter Mrazek quite easily. Uh, again, that, that just kind of put into perspective where the Hawks were in this game at that point in time and where the Dallas Stars were. Second period was a little bit better, but keep in mind, Dallas scored the first two goals before the Hawks got their offensive chances kind of rolling. There was a good little stretch there where the Hawks were generating some more chances. They ended up out shooting Dallas in that second period, 11-10, but again, it came after Dallas picking up a 5 nothing lead. They can change their style of game. They can play a little bit more relaxed and the Hawks can play a little bit more desperate. Uh, you did see some physicality from Connor Bedard in that end of the second period, finishing his check on Thomas Harley. But um, I guess if if we are still in the mindset of trying to pull out positives, you saw kind of a change in the Hawks' demeanor in that second period. Typically, we're always talking about third period. And, all right, are they able to muster up any type of positive before this game comes to an end? Because... 
Um, again, we've seen that work in the Hawks' favor before. I go back to that road trip where they got swept in Detroit, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. Played a good final 30 minutes, or excuse me, 20 minutes in the third period against the Wild, and then rolled that into a successful homestand. Uh, that's what the Hawks are banking on to do again after this rough 8-1 loss to the Dallas Stars. But keep in mind, they got to play Nashville on the road, and then the Rangers on the road, and then the Devils on the road. So this could be a very difficult road trip for the Hawks. And again, it's it's not so much about wins and losses. It's more about the type of performances you want to see from this team and and then growing and, and building off some positive trends and, and continuing to see some progression. But unfortunately, that's just not in the cards right now for this team that, that continues to have almost a one step forward, two steps back. But I do think we are a little bit more towards the two step forwards, one step back, I I don't want to try to make this sound like I'm grasping at straws, but when things are going as poorly as they are this year, you do have to bring to light what is going right. Tonight, tonight was not something that went right. I'm not saying that. Friday was, and the win in the game before against Winnipeg was. So there you go. Two steps forward, one step back tonight, and this one takes us into the new year of 2024. Let's go to our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. I'll still give it to Alex Vlasic. We've called him the most consistent defenseman for the Hawks this year, and I think that rings true again tonight. Again, led the team in time on ice, shifts. Um, I I can't do the math quickly enough, but uh, he actually tied with Connor Bedard in in shot attempts, so I guess I can do the math quickly enough. Uh, But again, four shots blocked by Alex Vlasic. And again, I, I did like Lucas Reichel's game tonight. Thought another small step forward for him over the past couple of nights, so hopefully that can continue into a trend of just further steps forward, more consistency, and just more confidence for him. Because again, if if Lucas Reichel is able to figure out his game offensively, I think the entire Blackhawks offense changes because you get more depth, you get more guys rolling, and you're not relying just on the top line. You're not relying only on the third line, which uh, we did see Jason Dickinson with Nick Foligno and Colin Blackwell once again. I mean, when the game gets out of hand like that, Luke Richardson tends to switch up the lines a lot more, and we saw a little bit more of that tonight. Also worth noting, Tyler Johnson left tonight's game. Uh, Late in the second period, off of Ben Pope's Twitter, he had mentioned that Tyler Johnson's last shift was during Dallas's fourth goal, so it gave the Stars a 4-0 lead, and uh, Ben Pope went back and looked and didn't really see if anything specifically happened, but he thinks that Johnson might be still dealing with some sort of lingering issue, and then maybe with the game going out of hand, the Hawks just find that as an opportunity to pull him just to play safe with them. I think it's also important to point out the goalie situation tonight. Luke Richardson pulling Peter Mrazek after giving up the sixth goal. That was to Rope Hintz in the third period, and then bringing in Arvid Sutterbloom. His first appearance since taking net against the St. Louis Blues in that very rough game, the last game before Christmas. Yeah, what is it with the Hawks in their final game before a holiday over the past couple of weeks? But um, that was a rough one for Sutterbloom. That was one where we were honestly curious of how it would affect Sutterbloom's future with this team, and uh, did not get moved down to Rockford. Again, it's it's kind of a an interesting area down there. 
Jackson Stauber's numbers aren't incredible. Drew Camesso's numbers are impressive, but he's a young goaltender playing in his first year in professional hockey. And Arvid Sutterbloom is a guy that the Hawks still want to see what they have in him. I know his year has not been great. I know there's been a lot of issues, but I I feel like that is why he's still been hanging around at the NHL level. And Luke Richardson was telling the media the past couple of days that he'll be working with Blackhawks goalie coach Jimmy Wade a little bit more. Well, Peter Mrazek gets some more playing time. And again, I don't think this was Peter Mrazek's fault tonight. He didn't have a great game, but the defense didn't do a great job supporting him. But uh, Arvid Sutterbloom goes out there. And listen, I'm not going to break down Sutterbloom's, I don't know, 14 minutes that he played tonight. Uh, because it's just not worth it. It's, it's not fair, too. I mean, to send a, a goaltender who's been struggling onto the ice with a five-goal deficit. I, I mean, unless he comes up with a stop on every single shot, but did, did you see some of the goals that went in? How about the hat-trick goal for Mason Marchment that went off of Jared Tenorti's skate? I mean, when it rains, it pours, and I'm not going to hold Harvard Soderbloom responsible for giving up that goal. I, I, I found it interesting, and honestly, I kind of like the move of Luke Richardson bringing him in because, yeah, it's it's kind of a whitewash at that point. There's there's really nothing that you're saving Peter Mrazek from, so what the heck? Put out Sutterbloom there, and, and he did, and hopefully that can help him moving forward. Uh, from the 779 area code, and again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Have a safe and happy New Year, Joe, John, and Troy. I guess we'll get them next year. That's from the Wells family. Yeah, the New Year starts at midnight, as you all know. If you're uh, late night working tonight, if you're on that night shift and unfortunately working on the holiday, thanks for choosing us here at WGN Radio to hang with. If you're, uh, I don't know, playing one, one of those beer leagues and you're on your way home, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. Or if you're just one of those diehard Hawks fans that is hoping to grasp some type of positives after this one, uh, we're here for you. Postgame show rolls until 1030. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, it does look like we do have some sound from the Blackhawks dressing room. Nick Foligno chatted. So did Anthony Beauvillier and head coach Luke Richardson as well. We're going to try to get into our top moments of the 2023 calendar year as well. Not all doom and gloom. We'll have things to talk about. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Now the Stars get the puck back to Shane along the right boards. Oh, he runs headlong into Murphy. Murphy goes down. Puck comes across to the near side to Sagan. He shoots and scores. Tyler Sagan had three-fourths of a net to shoot at. And he slides it in behind Morazic. Makes it 3-0 in favor of the Stars. The goal in 19-12 of period number one. Tyler Sagan making it 3 nothing Dallas in the first. It ended up being an 8-1 winner for the Stars over the Hawks in the final game of the 2023 calendar year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10.30 tonight. Happy New Year, everybody. Unfortunately, a rough ending to the year for the Hawks, who now fall to 11-23 and 2 on the season. Dallas picks up its second straight win against the Hawks. They're now 22-9 and 4. That does it for the Hawks and the Stars playing in Dallas. There's going to be two more games against these two teams, but both of them will be at the United Center. The next one actually not too far away, January 13th at the UC. Remember last year when the Hawks and Stars again played both games early on in Dallas and then They played the final two at the United Center, and one of those games happened to be the day after the trade deadline, or or, excuse me, the day of the trade deadline, and 
The Hawks traded Max Domi to the Dallas Stars the day the Stars were playing at the United Center. thought we were going to have one of those quirky circumstances where Max Domi just walks across to the other dressing room and throws on a new uniform, but uh, they did not have him play in that game. He ended up making his Dallas Stars debut later on. Uh, it sounds like we got sound from Nick Foligno and Anthony Beauvillier. We're going to go with Beauvillier first because it sounds like Nick Foligno had some choice, colorful words, as he always does. So stay tuned for that. But for right now, it's Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to explain. Just um, It seems like uh, every mistake was going in tonight and um, I just couldn't stop the bleeding. So it's unfortunate. How do you guys keep the morale up after a game like this? I mean, it's over. Uh, it's a long road trip. We've got three games still, so we just got to find a way to um, have it pushed together. And um, It's not really about like losing games is one thing, but just uh, I feel like we have to be um, connected and um, keep working. Um, it's a bad feeling. I mean, losing a game like that. I mean, sometimes you lose four three like we did last game, but the energy was good. Um, we played a really good game, and there was a lot of positive coming out of the last game. And tonight is just going to be. It's, it's, it's hard to find some positive. It's not very often you get uh, two back to back chances against a team like that. Um, after this result, what do you think you guys learned about this team? You just as a group got to stop the bleeding. I think. Um, can bend but not break so um like i said it's it's just hard to to put the finger on it it's just it happens to happens in the season i mean uh happens to good teams um it's hard to come into dallas and get get you know win against them especially in their building they're tough to crack i mean they're uh they're tracking hard they're doing a lot of good things out there it's it's just a tough team to play but i just think we've got to be a little bit more connected was size an issue at all, or you know, not hard they are on the no, sticks? I don't think so. I think I don't think so. It's just, yeah, it's. I don't think the size is an issue at all. We will hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson, later on. But just want to quickly pull this out. I'm seeing on Twitter a handful of the beat reporters sharing what Luke Richardson had to say about Tyler Johnson. Unfortunately, Tyler Johnson's going to be out or here. This is from Charlie Romeliotis's Twitter. Tyler Johnson will, quote, probably be out for a little time, end quote. It's a different injury than the one he was dealing with before Christmas break. They said earlier, when it rains, it pours. That's exactly what the Hawks do not need right now is more hits at their depth because it's clearly playing a role in this team just struggling for consistency and and that's just another veteran that that they're losing right now. They're already without Seth Jones. They're already without Andreas Athanasiu. Now they might be without Tyler Johnson for some time. So you're just relying on a lot of rookies. They've already recalled Boris Kachuk up from Rockford. So odds are we'll probably see him in Tuesday's what day of the week is it? Yeah, Tuesday's game against the Nashville Predators. That'll be on January 2nd. I can't imagine Taylor Radish would return. Now he's on injured reserve, so who knows? They they might have to call somebody else up. It uh, doesn't sound like Joey Anderson is ready to return right away. Neither is Andreas Athanasiu. I think he's even further away. So I mean, these are issues that the Hawks are dealing with right now. I know you don't want to hear excuses, and that's fair. You you don't deserve excuses because the guys who are on the ice can do some things, but uh, the Hawks are 
definitely dealing with uh, limited resources right now, and it's playing a role. From the 815 area code, Hawks fans can look forward to Frank Nazar as a setup man for Bedard. He's putting up eight points in four games at the World Juniors and is a point per game in the NCAA. I'm with you, 815. Yeah, he's right now leading World Juniors with eight assists. He's tied for second with eight total points. But uh, yeah, Frank Nazar, in fact, he had one goal, or excuse me, one assist that was just a cross-ice feed, really thing of beauty. And uh, I know it's it's fun to daydream about him and Bedard connecting because those are two guys that seem to have just immaculate vision. I, I know I've been talking about it a lot with Bedard this year, but it it is very true. I mean, we we saw him with the impressive goals, like the, the Winnipeg game, right? He scores the first goal, he scores the overtime winner, and then it's the feed he has to Philip Kurashev tonight. It's it's him setting up whoever he can. It's it's I love during the draft when everyone was asking him, you know, do you do you focus, do you consider yourself more of a shooter or a passer? And he said he doesn't know how to answer that question because all he cares about is helping score goals, and that's either him doing it or him setting it up. And it's kind of funny. I was talking to his dad earlier on in the year, and Tom Bedard, my goodness, salt-of-the-earth type human in just the 20 minutes I had chatting with him. And uh, he, he said that Connor's always had that mentality, but back when he was like 12, 13 years old, you know, just a couple of years ago, uh, he was obviously the most talented guy out there on the ice, so the best way to score was him just shooting the puck and was him creating an open lane and, and finding a way to fool or deceive the goaltender. Then the competition started playing up a little bit more towards his speed. He was out, he was still standing out among the rest, but then that's when he was able to start feeding some of his teammates and start making some of his teammates better just by him being on the ice with them. And now, at the NHL level, you're seeing both of those things come to fruition, and it's very cool, it's very impressive, it's very fun, and unfortunately, it's kind of the lone thing we're looking at right now with this Hawks team that's struggling in so many other avenues, but... Let's take a look at the roster and and think about who's going to be here in the next couple of years. And now all of a sudden we're talking about guys like Nick Foligno and Jason Dickinson maybe signing deals with the Hawks after this season because of the years that they've had. Uh, You obviously have high hopes for guys like Lucas Reichel and Philip Kurashev, but you know, there is still just a whole lot more value in some of the young talent that's not even scratching the surface right now, like Oliver Moore, who is playing for Team USA in the World Juniors, but, you know, is still in NCAA as well. And and Colton Dock, who unfortunately went on concussion protocol earlier today after the stupid hit he took from Zach LaRue in the AHL yesterday in a game against the Milwaukee Admirals, but that's another guy that was seeming to find some connection with Connor Bedard in the prospect game, uh, the prospect showcase game up in St. Paul earlier this year before training camp. So there is still a lot of excitement for this organization moving forward. Unfortunately, at the NHL level, it's not doing it for you right now, and I get it, and I understand why, and it's it's frustrating, and it's it's a little deflating because... You want to be excited to watch these games, and you want to be excited to watch Connor Bedard. And you can still do that, but everything else surrounding it 
uh, tends to be a little bit more on the frustrating side. I know I'm getting texts and tweets about the coaching staff and, and how they need to be held accountable. And listen, I'm not I'm not giving them a free pass here either. There's There was clearly success last year in getting this team ready almost each and every night and for a full 60 minutes, and that isn't happening as much this year. I do think it has more blame on the players than the coaching staff, but I do think there's enough blame to go around. Again, I'm not giving them a free pass, but I'm also not ready to to jump the gun. I mean, everyone, anyone that says guys like Davidson or, or Richardson need to be canned, I think are jumping the gun way too quickly and uh, are just kind of being impulsive right now because, I don't know, when Kyle Davidson took over the job as the general manager and said, we need to go into a full rebuild, what would your expectations be on New Year's Eve in year two of that rebuild? Would you really expect for them to be fighting for a playoff spot? I, I mean, there's still a lot of good things trending in the right direction for this team. Unfortunately, the one thing that is not is the current state of the NHL roster. So, I, again, I, I get the frustration. You're, you're validated for it. You, I understand where that frustration is coming from. Um, unfortunately, just what we're looking at right now at the NHL level is is not the most exciting thing of the organization at this moment. Uh, we're going to hear from Nick Foligno. We're going to hear from Luke Richardson. But right now, we got to get to a break. 312-981-7200. If you'd like to close out 2023 with us, we'll also go to our top moments of the Blackhawks for this year when we come back. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. In need of a good, trusty handyman to change a lock, install a light fixture, hang a door, and more? Contact the Mega Pros. Visit megapros.com today. Put it in over the stars line. Kershaw to the trailer. Gutman back over. Kershaw, one time he scores! What a passing play by the Hawks! Bedard from the left wing circle. He had the goaltender, Wedgwood, all the way over to the right post, thinking that he was going to shoot the puck. And Bedard dished it off to a wide-open Philip Kershev for an easy power play goal. And the Hawks are on the board, trailing 5-1. to one. It was a good-looking goal. Unfortunately, it was the only one for the Blackhawks tonight as they fall to the Dallas Stars 8-1. to one. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, taking you up to 10.30 tonight. Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for joining us as uh, the Hawks... Suffer a rough loss to the Dallas Stars. They now drop to 11-23-2 on the season. Nick Felino chatted with the media. He had some choice words, but our guy Jack Heinrich cleaned some things up. So here is the PG version nope, of Nick Foligno. I don't know. It's, uh, that is really, really disappointing. You know, because we, we talked about how we were trending in the right direction. Even though we didn't get the win, we we bent, we didn't break last game. We come back, and, you know, a lot of nights when we get down 4-2 like that or a team comes back on us, it seems to just go the other way. And then we, we caught ourselves and tie it up and, you know, go to overtime. And, you know, expected the same exact result tonight where we're just we're going to compete. And, you know, you're, uh, my only hope from a game like today is that we just finally hammer it through our thick heads of, of how we're going to need to play. You know, and that is not it. That is just not who we are, who we can be. That is not what we expect in the room. That's not what our fans should expect. But that's what pisses me off. It's, it's that that's that's not a winning team. That's just a team hoping. You know, you're just hoping. Ah, maybe it's an easy night. Maybe the other team doesn't have it. Are you kidding me? That team's record, and we're gonna play like that. I mean, it's just. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I'm just. Uh, that's that one's that one's 
really frustrating with the with the strides I saw us making. It's not the first time we've seen that though. No, Seattle, but I mean it's been a few games. Yeah, and, but those are there's different circumstances to those ones where you know you're you're finding yourself or you're still learning what you need to do like. I, you know, we got we got embarrassed in St. Louis, and then we come back after the break, and it looked like we were we were a different team, different mindset, and that's what I want to see is that 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 has to stay. That just like you, that to me is you can't you can call it immaturity or, or what, but it's it's just the that's how you play in the NHL. That's how you become NHL hockey players. And there's guys that are still trying to find their way in this league, and that's the recipe. So I just don't know why we fall back on on the other way and. Wanting an easy night, you know, and, and that's just what it seemed like to, to me. It's just that, that, and, and against a team like that, an easy night, yeah, right. Like, is look it, what happened. Is it that you felt like the team had really turned a corner significantly, and then now this is. Yeah, because even the way court. we practiced, even the way, like, I just our mindset of going into games, and I just, I, I really did. I, I saw a different group, and then, you know, even even today, like, it's it's one nothing. It's there's really not much going on, and we just. We have these lapses or we don't we don't quite understand and and then it just snowballed and that's what pisses me off is it okay you know what they get one or two but they can't get the third fourth fifth sixth like that's 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 not the team that we need to be and you know it's gonna happen i'm not saying we're not gonna have nights like this guys i get where we are what the group we are but we can't can't accept it you know and that's what we have to get hammered through our heads in this in this room is we're gonna have to fight tooth and nail to get respect and that means the way we prepare, the way we practice, the way we come into the rink, the attitude that we have to have. And you know, tonight, uh, I you know, I, I thought we prepared the right way. And honestly, for a little bit of the game, it, it was one nothing, wasn't much going on, and then boom, boom. And it's, it just seemed like we were starstruck again. And then we started getting away from what it is that makes us successful. And that's just uh, that's just disappointing. Nick Felino continuing to say the right things, and we've heard him have very important, noble things to say after these rough losses. But uh, you, you can sense the frustration in him, and you know I, I think he he even gets it that saying all these things is one thing, but showing it out on the ice is another. And I think that's where the frustration lies for this Hawks team right now, uh, trying to avoid these types of very rough losses. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Rich in Schaumburg. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. And it sounds like Rich wants a goaltending change. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, I I have a question first. I don't know if Stalock is still in the Blackhawks organization. He's not. Um, okay, then that's fine. What would it hurt to call call up Jackson Stauber just to put him in and see how he does and give Soder Bloom a break from the beating he takes every single night from this defense? Would it hurt? I hear you, Rich. I think it's there's pros and cons to everything, and I think there'd be pros and cons to this because if you do send Sutterbloom down after that rough appearance that he had, how does that affect his confidence when he's down in the AHL? I understand results just have to be the final determining factor, but then Jackson Stauber also doesn't have great numbers in the AHL right now. But again, if they brought him up, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's non-justified, but I think there's pros and cons to it, and I think they want to be careful about how they approach this with Arvid Sutterbloom. All right, thanks. Have a happy New Year, guys. All right, thank you, Rich. You too. Happy New Year again. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Listen, Rich isn't in the minority. I understand a lot of people want to see Jackson Stauber or, or just see Arvid Sutterbloom, I guess, get demoted because he hasn't been doing well, but... 
I, I I thought if it were to happen, it probably would have happened after the St. Louis game. But, I mean, I don't know. Are you going to bring the guy down on Christmas? Or are you going to make him kind of restart in the AHL this year? And, again, what happens if he doesn't do well down there? I get it. That's not the Hawks' fault. That's that's all on the goaltender and the professional athlete. But I think those are things you got to keep in mind. You know, are, are you are you sending him down to make a statement? Or are you sending him down because you think it's the best thing for his growth? Regardless of how you feel about Arvid Soderblom right now, it's important of what the Hawks front office feels about him. And if they feel it's gonna it's more it's a better idea to keep him up here than to put him down for the end result of what Arvid Soderblom is is in, in his NHL career. I think that's what they're trying to keep in mind. Not saying that it's the right thing to keep him up. Not saying it's the right thing to send him down. I think that's why they're being cautious about it. Head coach Luke Richardson had some things to say. Let's hear from him as well. Yeah, he'll be probably out for a little time, but we'll have to get, you know, it's just so quick on the road here with uh, our, uh, us getting out here. We'll have to find out a little bit more maybe tomorrow or down the road how long. Is this the same thing that he dealt with prior to the break? No, no, yeah, yeah. It was something new and just banged through the game. So, uh, unfortunately, he just tried it the second period where Shefton couldn't go. Real quick, that is Luke Richardson talking about Tyler Johnson. Uh, pretty much the way the score was. I thought, you know, there wasn't a lot of battle in our game and or, uh, you know, things that we showed from last game that we did well. Uh, you know, moving our feet in the ozone and, uh, you know, shooting pucks. I thought we were very uh, slow tonight and, and uh, the battle level was not near. Obviously, they upped their level from last game and, and we went the other way and that was pretty much what the way the score said it was. How do we keep seeing games like this where it seems like you've turned a corner, you put a couple good ones together and then whether it's Arizona, Seattle, here, where you see a game like yeah, there's been too many for sure this year, and there's really no, I can't put my finger on it. It's not consecutive. It's kind of spontaneous and uh, for no reason. Uh, you know, I think we were down, uh, you know, a body uh, in the middle of the game, but, uh, you know, it started way before that. And I think it's just, you know, conscious, uh, you know, focus levels, uh, you know, I mean, mentally to, to make us physically perform at what we're supposed to do. So. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate for, I think, the goaltenders get left out to hang on these games, and we didn't help them out very much. So, um, you know, it's uh, hopefully a new year, and back to the drawing board uh, tomorrow at practice. And, uh, you know, maybe that's what we need, a little bit more practice and getting focused uh, for, uh, you know, some upcoming games that are going to be strong teams. It seemed like uh, Phillips had a particularly tough night. Yeah. What do you I don't know. Yeah, I talked to him before the game uh, in the morning skate. I thought he had a really strong game last game. Uh, And then tonight, just on the wrong side of guys and uh, not aware. And I think when things start to go bad, kind of like we talked about with Tenorti last game, uh, you know, it seemed to go like that for Philly. I think he started to guess a little bit instead of just playing and doing his job and trusting everybody else doing his. And I think when teams and individuals start doing that, it breaks down. All right, we're going to completely put a bow on 2023 when we come back. Our top moments of the 2023 calendar year for the Blackhawks to wrap up the final postgame show of 2023. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Polino finished his check. Loose puck taken in behind the net. Dodonov carried around, tried to wrap around. That stopped. Puck poked out to the line to Suter, and a long wrist shot ends up in the glove of Peter Morazic. He'll hold on. He's down in the butterfly position. Boy, that was a close call. 
That's our Save of the Game, sponsored by ComEd Financial Assistance Programs. Unfortunately, not enough saves for Peter Mrazek and the Hawks tonight. They fall to the Dallas Stars 8-1 to in the final game of 2023. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for hanging around with us. Because it is New Year's Eve, we're going to reflect on the year that was, 2023, and the top moments for the Blackhawks over the past calendar year. Our buddy Jack Heinrich pulled out what he thought were some of the top moments, and we'll elaborate on them after we play each call. Let's just start with the Kane no goal. In behind the net, Stevenson fired in this pass. Other way is Kane with two seconds. Over the Vegas line, winds and fires. He scores! Overtime win for the That's going to count. It's going to count. Patrick Kane just scored his sixth goal in three games for the Chicago Blackhawks. And another game winner with no time left on the clock. And they're going to check it to make sure it's legit. After reviewing the play, it was determined that the time was expired. Therefore, no goal. Whoa, what? Of course, Wes McCauley, the official in that game, too, to add to more drama of the theatrics. And I don't blame Troy Murray for going out and saying, it's going to count, it's going to count. I mean, what a send-off it would have been for Patrick Kane to cap off his Blackhawks career with a buzzer beater at the United Center. Who does he think he is? Michael Jordan? Uh, But yeah, unfortunately, it did not cross the goal line before time. It officially expired. Crazily enough, on NBC Sports Chicago, they're playing Game 6 of the 2010 Stanley Cup final when the Hawks ended their 49-year drought, courtesy of Sir Patrick Kane in overtime. But uh, yeah, later on, Hawks went on the road, and then Kane was traded to the New York Rangers. It was quite a send-off at the United Center, almost as impressive of a send-off as it would have been for Jonathan Taves in his final game at the United Center last year. Frost at the left point, moving through the high slot. Poke checked away by Taves, and he's got a breakaway in overtime. Down the slot for the win. Deeks and shoots. Oh, and it's turned wide by Sandstrom. He just barely got the pad on it. <laughs> Come on. Unbelievable. I had a buddy at that game. He was sitting behind Philadelphia's net, and he was so upset that Taves didn't score that goal because he was going to have it all on his Instagram story and a Snapchat story. He was so excited about it. And uh, the crazy thing is the Hawks push that game to overtime. They lose, but any sort of close win or loss last year ended up in favor for the Hawks because they obviously landed the rights to Connor Bedard. And uh, let's go to that highlight. And it is set now for the final two, Anaheim Ducks general manager Pat Verbeek and on the left, general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle Davidson. Without further ado, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, take it away. The first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. Number two, the Anaheim Ducks. Bedlam in Chicago. Chicagoland fans high-fiving on their feet, going nuts. That call courtesy of ESPN. And yes, what a remarkable day that was. I I was at the United Center covering that in the media section, which was up at Queenie's. And you could hear the roar from the FanDuel Sports Lounge where all the Hawks employees were. The other crazy thing was Twitter was a little bit ahead of the names being selected. And of course, then there was a little bit of a leak that uh, exposed Columbus for having the number three pick. But, um, man, what a moment for Chicago and what a moment for the Hawks. And it has quickly paid in dividends. Here's Bedard carrying out of the Hawks zone through center ice over the Blues blue line to the right circle. Toe drag and a shot goes wide of the net. 
Bedard got the puck back in behind the net. Wraparound, he scores! It was the lacrosse shot! Connor Bedard, his 13th goal on the season. He had Bennington looking the wrong way. He took the puck in the lacrosse maneuver and stuck it into the top left corner past Bennington. You got to see this on the highlight reel, folks. We're tied at one. And we've seen the highlight reel many, many times. It's still very impressive. As we talk so much about the past, it's now time for the future with our next game preview, sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. Now, Ryan O'Reilly. He made his only attempt earlier. He comes across from right to left, and he scores. Wow. That'll take care of it. Ryan O'Reilly scores. The Predators win in a shootout over the Washington Capitals. They win the shootout 2-zip, and they will take the game 3-2. That's the legendary Pete Weber of WPRT-FM. The Nashville Predators hosting the Hawks on Tuesday, January 2nd, 7 o'clock puck drop, a 6.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. Blackhawks Hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we had here at the WGN Studios. Big thanks to John Weinemann on the call out at the American Airlines Center. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Happy New Year, everybody. Be safe. Have a good time, but please be responsible. And we will talk to you in 2024.